Welcome to the Unperturbed Podcast with your host, Dr. Rhonda Alexander. In this forum, we're going to take a look at the secrets closely held by strong Black women. It is my goal to help us all heal from the things we often hide. Join me as we take a journey to healing, wholeness, and happiness and a state of mind that I call unperturbed. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Dr. Rhonda, back again for another episode of Unperturbed, the podcast that talks about everything dealing with the strong Black woman. We've been talking a lot about self-love, self-care, and in the last episode, we talked about the strong Black woman and what that means and how loaded that term is, right? We have a hard time moving away from the pride that we get when we're called the strong black woman and kind of comparing that to what we feel like we really are. Sometimes we don't feel as strong as uh, those who call us strong might think we actually are. And so we've been really delving into what it means to be a strong black woman. And in this episode, this is episode five, I want to talk about this thing that we have to deal with all the time where we have to work twice as hard to be considered almost as good. Now, I know if you are a black person or a black woman, you understand exactly what I mean. Now, if you're one of my non-black friends who tunes in, I'm going to school you because I don't think largely we people really understand how hard we have to work to be respected on the most basic of levels. Historically, we have been dismissed because of our skin color. There's the three-fifths theory where we, black people are three-fifths of a human. You know, when we were slaves, we were just property. Over time, you know, it's been where the majority has been the gatekeeper of our rights, how we're perceived in the media, um, how and when or whether we're hired or selected, our promotions, whether we buy land, whether we can get bank accounts, whether we can buy certain kinds of cars or even walk down the street in certain neighborhoods. All of that is policed and has been policed historically. And I don't know if anybody really understands what it feels like to have your entire existence policed. To have someone always judging you and to tell you when you are good enough or those who tell you that you're never going to be good enough. And we see that playing out in modern politics. We see it playing out in the workplace. Black women are generally the lowest paid demographic, even though most times we're more qualified. I have seen Black women miss out on opportunities for advancement for reasons that the employer really couldn't articulate because they didn't want to say it's because you're a Black woman. And maybe in some cases they didn't know that there was some inherent bias, something that they just didn't realize that they were biased about. But as a Black woman, that's something that has been ingrained in me my whole life. My dad has always told me that we have to work twice as hard to be considered almost as good. And it really doesn't matter at what level. It doesn't matter if you're at entry level or the executive level. Our credentials will always be overly scrutinized. 
our every action will be overly analyzed and we will be broken down to the very cellular level, it feels like, before we can be deemed acceptable. What most people don't realize is it feels like being on the slave block all the time where you're standing there and they're pointing out your attributes. This one is strong. This one is muscular. This one can pick. This one can cook. This one can that. You're always being analyzed and dickered over but for the lowest price. Not to say, oh, you know, I find such high value in this person, but to be able to find the flaw so that they can find a way to devalue you. Every part of us is scrutinized. I mentioned before that it's difficult when your appearance, just how you look, is judged. We change our hair to be seen as more acceptable, right? We straighten it to be seen as more acceptable. We change the tone of our voice. For many of us, we don't talk in our regular register, in our regular vocal register. We talk higher. The way we speak at home is a different way than how we speak in the workplace because the workplace can't handle how we normally talk. They think it's unprofessional or that we're too loud. But anytime somebody can look at you and go, the way your hair grows out of your head is unprofessional. And we just won't allow you to work here as yourself. That is so problematic. And it's and it's such a pervasive problem that you'll hear it from other black people. It's not just them. It's it's something that has been adopted throughout corporate America, throughout society. We are negatively judged just from how our hair grows naturally or how our features are naturally. I remember as a child being teased. I grew up in a mostly white neighborhood and I remember being teased for my big nose and my big lips and I wasn't a big girl at the time, but I had I've had big lips all my life. And to see that being mimicked through surgery, to see the attributes of our body, our curves, our hips and thighs being mimicked, being paid for by people outside of our race who don't accept those qualities on us but see them as so desirable that they'll pay for them. Can you imagine how demeaning that is? For someone to say it's ugly, it's it's unacceptable on you, but if I put it on me, it's just fine. That's where we live. That's where strong black women live. That's the fight that we fight all the time. And so there's trauma that comes with that. There's a feeling that it's not okay to show up as me that doesn't just stop in the workplace. It starts to infiltrate every area of our lives. Part of our strength comes from the ability to keep showing up when we know that there's somebody less qualified, somebody mediocre, who will be recognized, hired, or selected before we will. We can suggest things in meetings and someone will speak over us, someone who doesn't look like us, will speak over us, adopt that message as theirs, and all of a sudden, it's a great idea. That's so demeaning. But we see our strength as lying in our ability to just say, okay, I'll keep the peace. It's it's good for the organization. As long as we accept this idea, I won't rock the boat, right? How many times do we just not rock the boat? 
because we don't feel like having that fight again. We don't feel like dealing with the gaslighting. We don't feel like dealing with the feigned surprise. Oh my goodness, I never would want you to feel that way, right? When you call somebody out on it and all of a sudden they pretend like they didn't know what they were doing or the classic reaction, the tears, right? We've all been faced with that. You decide to use your voice and to speak up for yourself. And before you know it, the person that you're in discussions with is crying. And now you're having to defend yourself against their tears. We find ourselves in those situations more often than you can imagine. And our strength, again, lies in not in our ability to back down, but in our ability to continue showing up. When most days we leave our workplaces, we leave these interactions with people all day long and we just want to throw in the towel. But we don't have that option. There are people counting on us. We're counting on us. We have goals and dreams. And so we decide I have to get up and try it again another day. That's where your strength is. And that's if I can just take a moment to talk to you, strong black woman, kudos to you for showing up. And kudos to you for not going off on the days when you really, (laughs) when you really have every right to, when it's really within reason to tell people what you think in no uncertain terms. So I, I want to make sure that one thing we don't do is lose our voice. I want each of us to feel confident that we should use our voices. We deserve to be heard. Again, our strength does not lie in our ability to take a licking and keep on ticking in the sense that you can just keep taking advantage of me. I'll take it and I'll come back for more. No, that's not what I mean. I mean that you keep showing up, but you let yourself be heard. You stand up for yourself. You are your advocate. That is a part of self-care and self-love. Speaking up for yourself and reinforcing your boundaries, letting people know when they've done things or said things that are not okay. You're entitled to that. You should never feel bad about telling someone what you said or did is not okay. And I may not be able to change it. I may not be able to reprimand you, but I can put you on notice that I didn't like it. You can do that. You have to stand up for you. That reinforces in your mind and in your heart that you value yourself. No one should be able to advocate for you in the same way that you can advocate for you. You have to love yourself enough to say, that's enough. I don't like it, or here's what I need. I also wanna talk about the importance of creating safe spaces for other black women. It is a hard road to walk as black women and we don't want every generation after us to struggle in the same ways that we've struggled. So I want to implore you to find ways to create safe spaces to speak up for to advocate for other Black women who are either strong and don't know it or who are developing or walking into their strength. They need the guidance that comes from your experience, your expertise. 
This is important for our daughters and sons to know strength isn't just what you see on the outside. It's not when I walk into a room and every head turns and they go, oh, I know who that is. That's not strength. Strength is my ability to advocate for myself. Strength is my ability to create safe spaces for others, to be vulnerable when I need to be vulnerable or when it's safe to be vulnerable to collaborate and to ask for help. That is how we demonstrate to upcoming generations about what being strong really is. It's not about hiding the things you're too afraid to look at so you can actually heal from. Being strong is about boundaries, about speaking up for yourself, being seen, being heard, being unapologetically you. That is where your strength lies. Well, that's all I have for this episode. And I really hope that you've enjoyed it and that you are getting something out of these episodes. I am looking forward to chatting with you again. You can find this podcast on anchor.fm, on Spotify, Google, iTunes. Tune in wherever you can, as often as you can. And don't forget to join my newsletter by going to thedrrhonda.com where you can stay in touch with me, but also know when I'm dropping new episodes. You can be the first to know sometimes even before the general public knows. So get in touch with me. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to have your feedback about what you think about this podcast. So until next time, it's your girl, Dr. Rhonda. Be well. So I want to take a quick second to thank our first sponsor, Poddex at poddex.com. They are the best all-in-one podcast idea generation tool. You get everything from episode ideas to interesting conversation starters for interviews, engaging discussions for your live streams, and even social media content ideas. With this tool, you don't have to spend weeks trying to come up with content for an episode or unique questions for your guests. Just shuffle the cards, pick one at random, hit the record button and get started. Now you can make better content, have more fun while you're at it and get your viral moment all with Poddex. Head over to poddex.com and use my code C4C. Try Poddex today.